0: This episode of Industry Focus is brought to you by TD Ameritrade. Not a fan of being surprised by hidden fees? Well, at TD Ameritrade, they charge just one straightforward price and give you everything you need to trade. No hidden fees, no surprises. Learn more at tdameritrade.com. Member SIPC. Welcome to Industry Focus, the show that dives into a different sector of the stock market every single day. Today is Wednesday, August the 21st, and we're talking healthcare. I'm your host, Shannon Jones, and I am joined via Skype by full.com contributor and med tech guru, Brian Feroldi. Brian, how's it going?
1: Hey, Shannon. Uh, we are in the middle of. Uh Uh, at my house we're at the end of um, summer camp season and school doesn't start for two weeks so uh, I'm playing daddy daycare for the next couple of weeks that's what's happening with me what's up with you
0: hey I feel your pain daughter is also starting school again here in the next couple of weeks just got back from taking her to grandma's house for a week so honestly this is a very quiet week for me on the home front but I, I am so ready for those kids to go back to school
1: I cannot wait. I have all three of mine going on the bus in two weeks, and I am nice. counting down the days.
0: I hear you. I hear you. Well, um, let's talk about uh, some of the stocks making the headlines. Brian, always uh, a joy to have you on the show to talk about med tech, med devices, that entire industry. For today's show, though, we're going to be talking about the biggest winners and losers coming off a very busy earnings season. Um, we've got two winners, two losers. And before we get into all of that, Brian, I think it's probably good just to preemptively say that, of course, we're long-term investors here at The Motley Fool. And uh, even though we're looking right now at a snapshot one quarter, it does take more than one good quarter, even one bad quarter for us to change our long-term thesis. Oftentimes, we're looking out over the next three to five years, if not longer. And really, Brian, I mean, any good company out there, any very well-run company out there will have a bad quarter. I think that's fair uh, to say, right?
1: Yes, uh, the the research clearly shows that that happened. Every company, even even almighty Berkshire Hathaway, has been smashed multiple times in its history. So, uh, but as fools, we do look at the the quarterly numbers and we don't necessarily change our investing thesis. But we do take into account short term results uh, to alter whether or not we are bullish or if a stock is a long-term buy or if it's a hold, uh, problems happen to every company. The big question that you have to determine as an investor are, are these short-term in nature or is there something systematically wrong with the business?
0: excellently said. I love that there. We're looking for trends. We're looking out over the long term. Uh, Let's start with the first loser coming out of earnings, and that would be none other than Inogen, ticker symbol I-N-G-N. Brian, you and I did a show earlier this month about the very lucrative respiratory disease market. Uh, This was the company that was founded by college students, really on a mission inspired by one of their grandmothers who had to carry around a heavy oxygen tank, Um, a story I could get around. We saw a lot of the founders still involved with the business. Um, In that show, we did talk about their business model, how they make money, but we also talked about some of the headwinds they had been experiencing up until that point. It sounds like second quarter, still headwinds are ongoing. Before we dive into that, though, Brian, let's just do a quick refresher of what it is that they focus on.
1: Yeah, so Inogen was the innovator of uh, portable oxygen concentrators. So as we spoke about on our last show... There are uh, a number of patients out there that need supplemental oxygen therapy to help them uh, get the oxygen they need because they have reduced lung capacity uh, for a variety of reasons. The number one cause is typically uh, a long a long life of uh, smoking where your, your lungs just can no longer absorb the amount of oxygen that they need. So a portable oxygen concentrator is a very miniaturized device that actually continuously creates uh, uh, oxygen, uh, concentrated oxygen from the surrounding air. It's a smaller... It's, it's it's very quiet. It's much more convenient for patients to uh, to carry this around than having to lug oxygen uh, tanks behind them. So these guys were taking uh, heavy market share in the oxygen uh, therapy market for years. This company came public a few years ago. It was a red hot stock. I mean, this this company was just humming along, growing at a double-digit rate, profitable, cash flow positive, clean balance sheet. Everything was going splendidly. And then the wheels started to fall off the bus about six months ago. Um, Their revenue growth significantly slowed due to reimbursement headwinds and um, some employee uh, challenges with uh, sales execution. Um, We noted that in our last show that perhaps the stock may have been of value um, uh, when, when we brought it up a month ago. Well, the stock price is now significantly cheaper than it was even a few weeks ago based off of their Q2 results. So Q2 results were just not good at all. Revenue growth slowed all the way to just 4% uh, revenue growth. That was well shy of what WallShip was looking for. Um, gross margin uh, fell, expenses jumped, and... That combination just caused net income to crater uh, 30%. So it dropped significantly um, uh, versus the year ago period. And I think the thing that capped it off with Wall Street was that they cut their guidance uh, for the year. Uh, Previously, uh, they were expecting uh, 405 to 415 million in revenue. They dropped that number all the way down to 370 to 375. Wall
0: Street was not happy. Not happy, to say the least. And I mean, last quarter, uh, management, as you mentioned, was talking about some reimbursement headwinds, also talking about productivity with some of their new hires on the sales side. But also, we talked a little bit about them shifting their revenue, um, really their business model, to more of that rental model to try to see some of that recurring income. And obviously, anytime you're shifting revenue mix, there's going to be some short-term pain, which hopefully should play out over the long-term, we hope. But all in all, it still sounds like there's a lot of blame being put on the sales staff. And it sounds like they even had to to cut some from the sales staff.
1: Yeah. I mean, that, that's exactly what the CEO Scott Wilkinson bet. He basically said the level of sales representation attrition was higher than we expected. And many of our new hires were unable to meet their sales targets. That, to me, sounds like there's a hiring issue and potentially an internal cultural issue that is uh, repelling uh, salespeople. There's, there, there could be some un- something underlying going on that is preventing these new sales hires from, from meeting their targets. So this, this, is, this is definitely, um, in my opinion, this could be the sign of something not going right at the company as opposed to just a one-time blip.
0: Yeah, and I guess to the surprise of many, they also announced an acquisition, a company called New Era, that's spelled A-E-R-A, uh, that makes portable non-invasive ventilators. This was a $70 million in cash deal, up to $31 million in potential earnouts. What are your thoughts about this acquisition? Does that change kind of where the company is at within the short term? What, what do you think about that?
1: I, a quick look at the acquisition I think it makes sense so uh, the the company that they acquired, like we said 71 uh, 71 million dollars plus another 30 million dollars in earnouts if certain targets are met so they make non-invasive ventilators that are designed for patients with chronic lung disease that need higher levels of uh, oxygen so they, they produce products that produce uh, that create higher flow rates higher pressure and it's uh, it looks like a, a very uh, an acquisition that really makes sense for this business. They, they said uh, it's going to be accretive to sales starting next year. Uh, gross margin could, could increase from it. Uh, it will leverage all, all of their existing uh, infrastructure. So on the surface, this looks like a smart deal. The, the thing that I worry about is, is this their way of buying growth? Um, because their core business is not executing, and, and potentially, could this be a unwanted distraction for the business when they should be paying attention to re-executing and getting their core business on target? So high level, I think the deal makes sense. I'm not sure if right now is the, is the perfect time for them to make the acquisition.
0: Yeah, great points there. Uh, management did say they're hoping to return to double-digit top-line growth here in 2020. This sounds like a story we're just going to have to really wait and see. i not entirely confident, but let's keep the show going because we've got another loser. Uh, this one this one kind of hurts my heart, Brian, because um, this is a company that has just been uh, beaten down really over the past year and a half, and that is none other than Abiomed, that's ticker symbol ABMD, a leader in what's known as the heart recovery field. Uh, yeah, the the hits just keep on coming, Brian. I mean, when you look at the stock price just over the last year and a half, stock is down right now about 60, 56% from its high. You and I talked about this company in May most recently. Before we get into their fiscal first quarter of 2020, let's just give a quick refresher. What is it that Abiomed actually does, and what's their tech?
1: Sure. So Abiomed uh, makes uh, minimally invasive uh, temporary heart pumps They are that are put into a patient's heart um, either after they've had a heart attack to help uh, alleviate some of the uh, – the, to keep the blood flowing and alleviate the, the pressure that's placed on the heart so it can recover – or it's also uh, used before a, a heart surgery is performed on a very high-risk patient, and it basically makes a high-risk surgery a lot safer. It lowers the, uh, the, the risk profile, and these guys have the data to show that when when you use this when you use this device, it leads to uh, much safer outcomes, uh, faster recovery, so they're out of the hospital faster. Um, and AbioMed is really the only company that does uh, w- w- what they do with minimally invasive heart pumps. So these guys were, they've just been crushing it for for years, and Wall Street really bit up this stock to uh, very very high levels. I mean, price to sales ratio uh, was above uh, 20 uh, just about, you know, a year, 18, uh, 18 months ago. Um, but they, they definitely deserved it. They were just putting up unbelievably consistent growth. Uh, margins were expanding. They're profitable. They have tons of cash, no debt. They were just a rock star company. Uh, but as we talked, touched about on our, uh, the last time we talked about them, uh, in the uh, in February of this year, the FDA issued a warning letter uh, to healthcare providers that made it seem like one of their uh, heart pumps uh, was not safe to use and it was being recalled. That was not the intent of the letter, but the uh, media picked it up and it just spread like wildfire. And Abbott has basically been in damage control mode um, since February. So that letter came out, and they actually missed their first quarter. Earnings targets for the first time in basically years, um, and they they said that they were going to uh, refocus their efforts, uh, redouble down on education to make sure that um, the medical community was aware of what was happening. Uh, in fact, in, in May, so just um, just a couple of months ago, the FDA issued another letter, basically saying that the the, the product in question was safe to use and was effective. So Abiomed has been going around with that letter and letting the medical community know that yes, indeed, everything is as we as we said it would. Um, but since that letter didn't come out till May, Abiomed hasn't had enough time to reverse the damage. And we saw that reflected in their Q2 sales results. So revenue grew uh, 15% to uh, $207 million in the quarter, which sounds really good. Uh, but that was short of the 211 million that Wall Street was expecting. Um, the sales miss uh, had the gross margin uh, decline a little bit. Um, earnings uh, did 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 okay. Um, they uh, and Gap earnings uh, fell one percent, but uh, adjusted earnings were up, actually up much more. The, this company uh, has some uh, one-time adjustments in his numbers based on some equity investments that it's made. Um, but the big the big shocker here was that they uh, lowered their full year guidance. So. They were previously guiding for 900 to 945 million in full-year revenue. Uh, they pulled that back to 885 to 925, which represents growth of about 15% to 20%. Um, but Wall Street was just not happy with uh, the guidance reduction once again. Uh, on the day of this report, uh, they, their, their stock was just crushed—28% down, 28% in one day on the news.
0: So with the stock down like that, Brian. Um It looks like right now it's trading for about 11 times sales. So certainly off of its highs. Do you think perhaps this right now, AbiOmat is past the worst of it. It's really just going to take time um, for the re-education to regain the trust of many of the physicians and patients. Do you feel like we've kind of already hit a bottom, if you will?
1: Uh, In my personal opinion, I think the answer is yes. Um, I I view this as a wound that was... Basically, AbioMed had nothing to do with, and they've been in recovery mode ever since. But if you zoom out to the the bigger picture, the opportunity here is still massive. Um, AbioMed's market share in their in their in their treated fields are still single digit, even in the U.S they're expanding national, internationally, particularly in uh, Germany and, and Japan. Uh, and in fact, in, in, in response to they knew that Wall Street wasn't going to react well to this. So they immediately announced a uh, $200 million uh, stock buyback authorization. Uh, they also won FDA approval for a new Impella device during the quarter. And their balance sheet just remains flawless, $527 million in cash and no debt. So they will have no problems affording every program that they have going on and being able to buy back stock. So I personally view this as a blip in the road as opposed to something that damages the long-term story.
0: All right. So, on the other side of the break, we're going to switch gears and talk about the major med tech earnings winners. But first, a quick word from our friends at TD Ameritrade. This episode of Industry Focus is brought to you by TD Ameritrade. There's no ROI on TMI, and that's why TD Ameritrade created a learning experience that will actually learn with you. Curated from the vast library of exclusive content, it customizes to fit your investing goals, interests, and needs, so you get exactly the information you need and none of the information you don't. Get started at tdameritrade.com education, member SIPC. All right, we're back, and now it's time to talk about some of our earnings winners Ryan, the first MedTech winner is one I know you have been diving deep into lately, and that is Shockwave Medical, ticker symbol S-W-A-V. This was a company you were first excited about when you found out that AbioMed, company we just referenced, took an equity position in Shockwave prior to its IPO. We did a show all about this company, but uh, let's get folks up to speed. What is it that Shockwave does?
1: Sure. So so like Abiomed, a Shockwave is focused on uh, cardi- cardiovascular disease. So what their innovation was is they created an intravascular uh, system that uses shockwaves to break up hardened calcium departments deposits uh, that are in uh, arteries so when a artery becomes clogged with uh, with uh, fatty buildups uh, over time it can become rock hard and and calcify and and just calcium is very very difficult uh, to treat there's a number of techniques that are on the market today but uh, many of them involve either very high pressure stents or even like a artery rotor router uh, and those things can can lead to they're not the safest of surgeries. Um, so Shockwave, by using um shockwaves to break up the, the calcium, it's very, very safe technology because it only affects um, the hardened calcium and it basically has no effect on surrounding soft tissue. And the uh the technology that's behind this has been used to treat kidney stones for, for decades. So it's very well understood. What Shockwave did that was innovative was they miniaturized it and they used it in a different uh application. Uh, So these guys have just been a red hot growth stock uh, since their IPO and their numbers just came out. And you just understand why this company has just been on fire. So we just saw revenue growth of 339%. Now that was off of a small base. So the revenue came in at just $10 million, but still an impressive growth rate for sure. Um, That huge leverage allowed their gross margin to expand 1,100 basis points to uh, almost 60%. Um, their net loss uh, dropped to 10.6 million, which is well below uh, what Wall Street was expecting, and uh, that the, the nice results allowed them to raise their guidance for the full year. So, they previously they were expecting 33 to 36 million dollars. Uh, now they're expecting 38 to 40 million dollars. Um, uh, looking a bit further down the road, uh, a little later this year, they're uh, expecting a new device uh, to be launched uh, in, in some limited markets, and, and a full launch later next year, and that will be used for. Uh, um, calcium deposits that are uh, below the knee. So basically all around, it was a solid quarter. Uh, every every number looked good and shares popped on the news. Uh, this is still an extremely expensive stock. So it's been all over the map. Even, even today, it's trading at about 65 times trailing sales. But when it comes to the quarter to Q2 results, everything was great.
0: Yeah, everything was great. Really impressive stats. I mean, for this company, I think it is really granted, they have technology that's already been out there, they just combined it in a new innovative way to go after a major market. And when you're talking about market, um, the FDA approved the device in peripheral artery artery disease. That's a $1.7 billion market. Also going after the larger coronary artery disease market, $2 billion there and then they've got an aortic stenosis opportunity worth another $3 billion. So, this is a company with a very large runway. So, not surprising to see the premium right now uh, placed on shares for this company. But, all in all, really impressive quarter all around uh, for this company. But, Let's talk about our second winner, and uh, once we get through that one, we're going to pick Brian's brain for who he thinks uh, is out ahead on top and which one of these is a buy. But first, let's talk about Garden Health. This is ticker symbol GH, our next winner. This is a company really at the forefront of the fight on cancer, developing diagnostic tests to help drive detection and treatment earlier. Um, Brian, what is it? about Garden Health exactly that they're doing that really makes them innovative in this space.
1: Yeah, Garden Health is a fascinating business, and I don't know if uh, we've ever talked about them on Industry Focus before, but this is, uh, this is a company that is on the forefront of uh, liquid biopsies. So currently, if you have um, a, a solid tumor cancer, the way that you uh, diagnose it is to, is to take a sample of it. And depending on where that, that, that sample is located, that often can mean uh, invasive surgery, which is both uh, expensive, uh, risky, and, and the patient certainly doesn't like it. Uh, so what Garden's doing is they uh, they are kind of uh, disrupting the way that we diagnose tumors by instead of having to do a surgery to di- to diagnose uh, lung cancer, uh, for example, now a Garden's technology allows it to be diagnosed just with a simple blood draw. So the instead of Going in through through your lungs and taking a tissue sample out and then sending it off to the lab, Guardant not only uh, speeds up the process, uh, the, the, the the test results come back much faster, um, but it's uh, it saves the patient from having to go an, an, an unnecessary surgery and it's also much much cheaper. Uh, for, for context here, uh, a traditional lung cancer biopsy costs about fourteen thousand dollars, whereas Guardant can diagnose that same cancer for thirty five hundred dollars. So this is a very interesting, uh, technology that is just a win for every, everybody in the healthcare system. And, uh, because of that, they have just been posting explosive, uh, explosive growth. Uh, their, their technology can currently used to detect uh, dozens of, of cancer. And, uh, right now they're just focused on late stage cancers that are, you know, in in the, uh, that are in the solid tumor. Uh, but uh, down the road, they, they hope to, uh, Gradually advance your technology so they can uh, diagnose it earlier and, and earlier. And when you get into that market, the, the the market opportunity here is just enormous. We're talking about thirty billion dollars plus uh, just in the U. Out and in the U.S. for that opportunity. So this is a fascinating business.
0: And that's thirty billion just here in the U.S. When you actually look out globally, that's potentially a hundred billion dollar opportunity. When you look across the landscape and see all the different indications that they're going after, we saw really strong uptake in this last quarter with their GARDENT 360 test. Um, it's been used by more than 100,000 patients now, prescribed by over 6,000 oncologists. GARDENT also partners with a lot of the biopharmaceutical companies we talk about on Industry Focus, really um, helping them develop what are called companion diagnostics that go with their treatments. And then also, with just in that segment alone, drug making partners used five thousand two hundred eighty five tests during the quarter, up one hundred twelve percent year over year. Um, Revenue within the development services segment jumped massively, six hundred sixty four percent to eleven point nine million. I think um, all in all, when I look at that, I'm impressed to see uptake is increasing, they're expanding, they've got some optionality. What did that look like, though, in terms of quarterly performance?
1: Yeah, so, so in Q2, um, revenue uh, jumped 178% to $54 million. Now, that number itself isn't all that impressive, but what is impressive is that Wall Street was expecting $36 million, so just a massive beat on the top line. And uh, all that sales leverage uh, allowed their gross margin to expand by 2,000 basis points from 49% to 69% this quarter. And when you combine huge sales growth with an expanding gross margin, uh, their net loss just plummeted to um, $11 million. Sounds like a big number, but this is a company with more than half a billion dollars in cash on its balance sheet and uh, because of a huge beat they they raised their guidance for the, for the year. So previously they were expecting 145 to 150 million, now they're expecting 180 to 190 million. Wall Street just eats that stuff up. This stock surged 21% on the day of the announcement and it has just been a monster winner.
0: So, Brian, that brings us. We've talked about four stocks. Which one of the four in your opinion is a buy right now?
1: Well, in my opinion, uh, I think that Garden and Shockwave are both super interesting, uh, growing very fast, big, big opportunities. But you have to really pay up for that growth. I mean, these are companies that are trading many, many multiples uh, of their sales. So Wall Street is certainly on. Uh, Inogen could be an interesting value play here, but when I see something going wrong at the inside of the business, that that, that it's hard for me to get bullish. I think that the, uh, my personal view is to take a wait and see approach to them, but. I think that Abiomed is a great buy right now. I think that they still have a huge opportunity ahead of them. They're still highly profitable. They're still posting double-digit uh, double, double digit growth, and that's even with this uh, significant slowdown that we've seen for something that I believe is completely fixable in the long term. I, I will tell you that uh, when the Fool's trading rules allowed after the quarter came out, I went out and immediately uh, added to my position under $200 a share. I think the valuation is attractive. The long-term opportunity is attractive. So for me, AbioMed is is the winner here. You?
0: Yeah, I can easily second AbioMed for all the reasons that you just described. But I would say, too, I mean, granted, valuation aside, if I'm just looking at long-term business and I'm looking at the optionality, I get really excited about garden health. Um, And that's really where I think I'm going to give my edge with the field of genomics, comes the ability to diagnose and treat patients based on the genetic makeup of the disease. Garden Health is one of the companies at the forefront of that, and really is truly paradigm shifting when you think about cancer care, diagnosis, and treatment. Um, I mentioned it's a $100 billion market opportunity. I'm always looking for big markets, companies at the forefront of changing that paradigm with lots lots of optionality, love all the partnerships that they have. I think you really can't go wrong with Abiomed, of course, but I think Garden Health is one to consider for the long run.
1: I can't fault you there. Garden and even Shockwave are just tremendously exciting businesses right now. Yeah,
0: all around. Well, that will do it for this week's Industry Focus. We want to thank all of our listeners for tuning in. Um, As always, people on the program may have interest in the companies discussed on the show, and The Motley Fool may have formal recommendations for or against stocks mentioned, so don't buy or sell anything based solely on what you hear. Thanks to Austin Morgan, who is mixing it up for us behind the glass. For Brian Feroldi, I'm Shannon Jones. Thanks for listening and full on.